baseball time again. Spring training kicked off this past weekend, so it felt like the perfect time to bring my first Major League Baseball player to the podcast to get him up to bat. At the time we talked, near the end of 2020, Adam Duvall was a free agent looking for a team despite his tremendous numbers the season before. And what you're going to hear here is a humble but aggressive man working hard to overcome obstacles to keep playing the game he loves. And what do you know, aggressiveness paid off like it normally does. Just a week or so ago, Adam was signed to the Miami Marlins. He's got something to teach us today about the power of perseverance and hard work. So let's get to the show. Life isn't fair. Not, not even for those of us who are aggressive, who think that we can control our lives. Life isn't fair. There, there's very few silver bullets to our problems. Nothing is going to magically make our problems disappear or make the road any less bumpy. Even, even some of the best folks around us, the most aggressive people, have just awful crappy seasons to go through. And we have to make the decision, am I going to keep going or am I going to sit here and be in my own little pity party? Life hits all of us in the mouth. That fact is written all over Adam Duvall's story. And as of right now, I think what he and I are going to talk about is actually still evolving. Anyone who makes it to Major League Baseball is a phenom. Adam broke into the league in 2010, drafted by the San Francisco Giants. He spent some time in Cincinnati, being named the National League All-Star Team in 2016. 2018, he was traded to Atlanta. And in this COVID crap truncated 2020 season, Adam got on a tear on September 2nd. He cranked out three home runs in one game against the Red Sox. A week later, he did the same thing against the Marlins. Except that time, check this out, became the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit a two-run home run. For those of you who don't know baseball, that means there was one man on base and you hit a home run, meaning two-run home run, followed by a three-run home run. For those of you who don't know baseball, that means two people on base, one person in the batter's box. When he hits the little white ball made of cowhide out of the stadium, that counts for three, followed by a grand slam. For those of you who don't know baseball, that is when all bases, first, second, and third, are having a person standing on top of them, creating a grand slam. Oh, it is a grand, crazy, two-run home run, three-run home run, grand slam, back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the same game. Only person to ever do that. He finished the season with a 532 slugging average. That means, boys and girls, when somebody's on base, you hit 532 out of 1,000 times to actually bring in a run. 16 home runs, third in the end. I go on and on and on. Anyway, amazing, amazing, amazing. And yet, in game one of the National League Championship Series, determining who goes to the World Series, Adam was injured in an at-bat, forced to miss the rest of the playoffs. And despite his recent incredible numbers, he was placed in free agency by the Braves. Life isn't fair, but the aggressive keep moving. Adam's a fighter. I can't wait to get into this topic with him. I think, I think Adam, you're the first, you're the first Major League Baseball player we've interviewed. How are you doing today, Adam Duvall? I am doing great. You know, got got the family up this morning, got them going. Uh, you know, so life is good, even though, you know, we've got this crappy COVID thing going on. So, uh, but we're blessed and we are excited, uh, you know, just to, to be living another day. 
And even though you're in a totally barren and empty house, you're in such financial hard times, you had to sell all your possessions, right? So that's why we have all the echoey with your with your voice, right? Or you've, have you sold yeah, all your possessions that, that, and given them to the poor? Uh, I have given some. I have, I have donated some of, of my possessions that we brought from the old house. So uh, I was uh, excited to do that. Well, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about today. I don't know if you're excited about it today, but I thought, you know what? We got a Major League Baseball player. That's a first. I'll tell you what else is a first. What else is a first is me having a chew while I'm doing a podcast. I thought if I could do it with anybody, I could do it with a Major League Baseball player. Do you chew, Adam? I don't chew. No, that's something that I've never really gotten into. I don't know. Uh, somehow I've escaped, uh, you know, p- p- putting that into my mouth. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys that do it. <laughs> well, it's in my mouth right now. I thought I would have a chew, buddy. But at absolute minimum, it has somebody who are, are you judging me right now, Adam? Are you judging me? I'm not. No, I see, I see it so much that... I'm, I'm not judging you at That's all. That's a bummer. I thought for sure that we were going to like have a whole thing on chew and I was going to ask you what your favorite chew was and ask you your technique of where you put it in your cheap chicken gum. And all, I can't have any of those discussions. So, okay. Let's talk baseball. How, how weird is it what's going on in Major League Baseball right now as a player's perspective, season shortened, fans not there, noise being pumped in, just tell us your processing of what baseball is like right now. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it really hit me when we went back for the second spring training to get ready for the season. Uh, when we were, you know, we were at, at our home stadium in Atlanta uh, instead of the the one in Florida, the spring training complex. And, uh, you know, we were we were scrimmaging ourselves uh, in our squad and, and I mean, it's just weird looking up at that huge stadium, seeing 40-something thousand seats that are just empty. And you can hear people talking in the dugout. If the catcher's talking to the pitcher, everybody can hear it. And, you know, there was really no energy that, that you know, the crowd normally brings to you. There was no adrenaline really to get you going and, and get you pumped up. So it was more, you know, you had to, you had to, search within and find it within yourself to to get amped up and get pumped up and get ready to go and compete and you know when you lose something you you see how much it meant to you and and you know to have those fans in the stands meant a lot I mean it it was it was truly missed this year yeah I could have made a debate maybe on both sides of the of the spectrum I, I could have debated or thought I don't know maybe if they're playing in an empty stadium maybe they would be able to concentrate better. Maybe they will be looser. You know, like uh, I look back on my my playing days, which ended when I was like, I don't know what I was, 16, you know, doing the little league, pony league kind of thing. And uh, I look back on that. And it wasn't until I was about 30 that I realized I was holding the bat wrong the entire time. I was strangling the bat, right? It's just, oh, same, yeah. I was, yeah. it was just like with my golf game, same thing. As soon as I loosened up my grip, I could get snap out of my wrist. I was like, that's exactly what it was with baseball. That was my, I'm not saying I would have gone to the, gone to the pros or whatever. I'm just saying that just as you're in a game, you're just, you're just clenching with a death grip on that bat. So you can't get any snap. And so I thought, I don't know, maybe if you don't have all the adrenaline pumping, maybe you would play better, but you're saying that's not the case. Yeah. I think where the adrenaline and the energy from the crowd helps is, uh, when you got in, you know, you got off a of flight at 5 a.m. and then you got to be back at the stadium at 2 for a 7 o'clock game. And then by 7 o'clock, you know, you don't know whether it's day or night. And 
So that energy from the crowd helps you get up and, and be able to perform, you know, at your best. So from that aspect, it was very different from the years in the past. Do you, do you ever find yourself going up to the plate or standing out in the field and saying, oh, hold on here. Let me, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I am being paid a lot of money here right now to hit a ball with a bat and to stand in the middle of a field. And a lot of other people who have other jobs are coming to the stadium and paying a lot of money to watch me play a game. Do you, do you ever think about that? Is that, that, that sound odd or awkward or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're blessed to be able to play a game uh, that we love for a living. Sometimes that, that gets overlooked from us players. You know, we're, we're thinking about the slump that we're in or oh, I just made a bad throw or something, you know. So I think that's something we could probably take a better look at and, and just, uh, you know, kind of pause and take a second and, and really understand that, you know, how blessed we are and how awesome it is to be in our shoes. I well, mean, yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, Glad you have that perspective, but I'm not, this is not... The, the guilt pity party life. This is the aggressive life. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. at all trying to go like, who do you think you are? I, I'm, that was a leading question to go. Sports are pretty darn important to us. I mean, I, 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 I'm so tired of the old conversation. Oh, how much people are getting paid to play basketball or baseball. I mean, we're looking at this in the wrong way. It's not how much somebody is getting paid. It's how much we're willing to pay them. And really, I think when you boil it down to it, it's, what we're willing to pay on to escape our lives, to have a distraction, a healthy distraction. What Do you think that's the role of sports? Or what do you think the, the sports quotient is that adds value to our lives? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was that was the coolest thing about this season was uh, we were we were one of the first sports to actually get back going during the COVID crisis. So I think it was it was really neat in the fact that, you know, giving people something to to watch on TV and something live to cheer for and, and you know, something to get attached to. And the, the passion that, that people have towards their sports team is unbelievable. I mean, the smack talk that they, you know, have with other teams and other you know, fans of other teams. And, and it just, yeah, it gets their mind off of, of what, you know, we're dealing with right now. And I truly hope that we can have fans in the stands next year uh, because I think it'll be electric if they can get back in there. And, and you know, hopefully we're on the right, right uh, trajectory for that. All so. right, you're depressing me right now. You're depressing me. You said, <laughs> I, I hope that. You think there's a chance that next season this could be a repeat? Well, I don't know. I mean, there baseball's talking about shortening the season already and they're they're saying that they lost a lot of money and and but I I really want to see I fans that, in the stands. Next I guess year. that makes sense. I don't know why I don't know why I said that. Of course, I mean, we're not going to be out of our you know, our COVID meltdown for a while. Spring training is going to be different. Yeah, duh. Of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was like question. I'm, I was going like, "My gosh. I'm just I'm just Adam, I'm just still grieving." all the things that we've lost and we're not done losing yet. It's just, it just sucks. Can you go into yeah. pity party with me? Do you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's obviously still hitting us and it's still hitting people pretty hard. Uh, but 
I don't know. We got to try and find the light in something. Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully with the vaccine and people getting vaccinated and, and, you know, hopefully us learning more about the, about COVID and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're on the tail end of this thing. Now you're talking here and I can watch you on zoom while we do this. You're, you're smiling like a butcher's dog right now. You just got this like happy attitude. Not that you're happy about COVID, but you, you seem to have a happy attitude right now. What, what are you doing to stay positive? You're doing something. School us right now. Oh, uh, what do you mean right now? Yeah, well, like, uh, I'm, are, there, are there disciplines you I'm getting to talk ta- to you. That's, that's pretty, oh, it's pretty positive. you're so sweet. Yeah, It would yeah, even be yeah, better yeah. if you're a real baseball player and had a chew in. I could have a chew brother right now. Yeah. Ooh, I let you down <laughs> on that one, didn't you? <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, you took away all my material, brother. I thought we were going to go compare Copenhagen to Skull and, and why Grizzly is not worth, you know, the, the bargain, and whatever, and all that stuff. But, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man. But no, is there well, stuff that you're doing? Next, next time I'll have a, next time I'll have a chew with you. How about that? Will you really? You're gonna start. Yeah, you're gonna I start will. chewing just to be on my podcast a second time. It, it'll have to be a real small one, or else I'll get lightheaded. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, uh, now see this. Now we're getting into stuff. Okay, it's not <laughs> about the size. Size matters. Here's the thing: when dudes do the real small ones, just. Just do one of the little teabag things. Do one of those little teabags. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The thing is, when you do that small one, you can't control it. And it just starts yeah, to spread. Yeah, okay, okay. It starts at, when yeah, it's. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to have enough meat that can be a little, uh, you know, a little ball in there that you can control it. You can take your thumb and pack it, your, your tongue and pack it together and keep it from, when it spreads right, on you, right. that's when you vomit. Yeah. We don't yeah. want that. You wouldn't yeah, be smiling. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to vomit on your podcast. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> no, no, I, I know you wouldn't. I wouldn't want you to either. But what are you doing seriously to just maintain some spiritual equilibrium right now? I, I honestly, you seem like you're pretty. You're pretty light right now, and generally, it's because somebody has mastered some outlook or they're doing something to keep things in the proper perspective. Can you can you give us any coaching there? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I wake up and I, I get a workout in in the morning. That's one of the biggest things I find that if I don't work out, I have quite a bit of anxiety throughout the day. And I don't know if it's just the energy that I have that I haven't burnt off or or whatever it is. But that's, you know, for me, that's one of the biggest things. Um, another thing for me that's big is is accomplishing something whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but being able to say that, okay, today I did this, uh, you know, looking back on my day and, and, and just seeing that I didn't waste it. That's, oh, that's a good word. Uh, that's, that's important to me. So let's talk about taking punches right now. You're, you're taking one, at least emotionally. You've had a very promising career. Things have been going pretty darn good for you. And now you're a free agent. For those of you who don't know baseball, that means he doesn't have a job. <laughs> now you're free. <laughs> right, now, right. <laughs> now, now you're a free agent and hoping somebody picks you up. I mean, what are you, what are you doing to stay positive? And what are you, what are you doing to, to have the right mind space in this strange season of your life? Yeah. Uh, well, this is the first time I've become a free agent. So, um, you know, it's a little different in that, in that aspect. Uh, but I, 
I was probably 90% sure that they were going to, you know, extend me another year, uh, you know, based on the season that I had. But, you know, at the end of the day, I cannot control what they do. You know, all I can control is get up, get baseball work in and, and get healthy, you know, and at the end of the day, it, hopefully someone sees the value in me and picks me up. And, and then, you know, then I can show them what I've been working on all off season. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my outlook on it. And that's, you know, that's what's keeping me uh, focused. So I've got to think that you're maybe a master at dealing with disappointment. First of all, just being in baseball, right? I mean, you can make millions of dollars if you strike out or you don't get a hit seven out of 10 times, you know? Yeah. So you, yeah. you could fail seven out of 10 times and you're still getting on base three out of 10 and you're going to make a lot of jack. But that's still a preponderance of times at the plate is you're in failure. You are not having a contract right now. You're, you know, just a lot of stuff. So your profession more than any probably has more disappointments how, school us. What what should those of us do who are facing disappointment? Yeah, I mean, with baseball, like you said, seven out of ten times, and, and you're an unbelievable hitter if you fail seven out of ten times. You know, baseball is is a long season. There's 162 games in 182 days, so you know you're getting 18 to 20 days off in you know six and a half months or so. Wow. So, um, you know, it is a physical grind, but it's equally or not more of a mental grind uh, because, you know, you go 0 for 4 last night and then you're going to, you got to show up the next day and be ready to play. You go 0 for 4 again. You got to show up the next day and be ready. You know, there's, there's very little time to, you know, say, woe is me and, and you know, have a pity party. It's, it's, you know, and I think that's one of the, one of the reasons why I'm attracted to the game so much is because the challenge of it. And, you know, if I go over four last night, I, I'm going to show up early tomorrow and, and try and figure things out and try to work myself out of it. And I think, you know, for people, if, if, you know, if they, they've gotten some bad news or, or, you know, or in, in some type of slump per se in life is to just try to see the, try to see the good in things, try to pick out, even if it's just a little speck of something just to keep you motivated and to keep you going in the right direction. It's the mind is powerful, man. The mind is, is, uh, you know, pretty crazy. And if you can get that thing working in the right direction, it can not only make you feel better, but it can really turn things around for you, you know, in, in life as well. One of my favorite Bible, Bible verses, I think is one of the most potent and I like it in the old school King James version, the way they put it is out of Proverbs says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we're, if we're thinking that we're going to strike out, we're going to strike out. Yeah. If we're thinking that we're going to be depressed as a result of COVID, we're going to be depressed. If we're thinking mm-hmm. those things, I, I'm, I'm just getting more, more in touch with the power of self-talk, which, man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but never I heard people talk about self-talk before. It just, just seems like there are a bunch of people who love to sit around and pick posies and philosophize about life. It just seems so weird, but it just makes sense. You know, if my, when your dad or someone who cares about you says to you, you're a loser, you're never going to amount to anything. 
that voice affects you. When someone criticizes you and tells you that was a stupid thing to do, what were you thinking? That affects you. Well, when we use that voice in ourselves, and I say, I am stupid. What was I thinking? That, we're, we're, that affects us. We're literally yeah. bringing ourselves down based on our thoughts. We have to take control of our thoughts because as we think, so are we. If I think this podcast is going to suck, it's going to suck. If I, think, if I think no one's going to listen to me, no one's going to listen to me. If I think I'm, it, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. And I think that you've got a lot to teach us here because your stuff that has been significant. You you also have a medical issue. You're, you're diagnosed with type one diabetes. What was it like that when, when that voice came your way? Yeah, uh, so that was uh, that was my second year in pro ball, and uh, you know I'm going through the off season. I'm working out, training hard, and I'm, I start to lose weight. And I, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm eating a lot and, and really working out hard. I shouldn't be losing weight like I am. And by the time I got to spring training, I'd lost 20 pounds. Wow. And, and man, I, I remember, I remember going in and, and I, I was pulling two a days. I was working out twice a day. And I remember walking in to the, uh, to the training room where we were doing our physicals and I was almost embarrassed about the way my body looked as far as they probably thought I hadn't done anything all off season. I was skin and bones and, uh, you know, so then we do some blood tests and, and, you know, it came back, it came back that I was, uh, you know, type one and, and I didn't know what diabetes was to me. Diabetes was something that, you know, unhealthy people had. And, you know, that's not always the case with, with type one it's genetics. So, uh, you know, it was important for me to try to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could. And, you know, so that I could continue to play, you know, baseball and, and, be able to do well at it at the same time. You made the decision to go into this season when you knew that as a type one diabetic, you were in the high risk category for COVID. Why did you make that decision to, to keep pressing on even though you were high risk? Uh, to me, I, I felt somewhat of an obligation to my teammates because, you know, I knew that we were going to have a good year. I knew that we were going to be good. I knew that there were some challenges to face, but, you know, I think when you have, when you have something to focus on and when you have something that means a lot to you, I think it can be such a blessing because I knew that there were, you know, 35 of the other people in the locker room so that, you know, I had to be, very, very careful that I didn't get it and take it into the locker room and give it to everybody else and then them give it to their family. And that gave me something to focus on and something to really, you know, I guess, watch what I was doing. And, and you know, I could have been at home sitting on the couch and, you know, and gotten it just as easy as, as if I was, you know, if I did when I was playing. So I think that was that was one of the things that that, you know, I looked at and, you know, spoke with my family and talked with them and, and they were all for it. So, uh, you know, I was excited to play as well. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a big deal though, man. T- taking that kind of risk, it, it shows that you've, you know, you, you have a toughness about you, um, a significant tough. I know, I know you didn't do that for the paycheck though. The paycheck is always nice, but there's just a toughness about you. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's do a little. Uh, let's do a little lightning round. Do you think you can handle a lightning round? I'm, I'm gonna throw some fastballs. I'm gonna throw you throw some fastballs your way, and you get to take one cut at it. And one cut means like you get a sentence or two. That's it. You get a sentence or two. Okay. You don't get to philosophize and do it. It's like bam. Are you up okay. for the lightning? Are you up for the fastball round, Adam Duvall? I like fastball, so go ahead and hit me with it. All right, it. here we go. Favorite moment of your Major League Baseball career? I think it would be my first home run and seeing my, my family and friends as excited as they were. Uh, that's great. Pitcher you hate facing off against? Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Greatest pitcher of all time, and then I'll let you go longer as to why. Oh, man. Uh, Nolan Ryan. Mm. Why? Well, I think the longevity of his career and how, you know, how dominant he was for, I don't know, 20-something seasons, I think. I mean, to think that somebody could play that long and be dominant that long. I mean, you see guys now, and it seems like 10 years, and they're dinosaurs, you know. Uh, they've been around, you know, it feels like they've been around forever. So, uh, you know, I think, I think he was probably in, in just to hear, to hear, uh, you know, coaches that have played against him talk about him. I mean, it was, it was, it was something special. I mean, the intimidation factor that he brought was, I mean, you know, they, they talked about how, you, you know, you don't dig it when you're facing Nolan Ryan, you don't, you know, you don't dig into the box. You get in there and you just, you're ready. You can't, you know, he tells you when he's ready, basically. <laughs> and, and, you know, just, just the stories that, that I've heard is, is, you know, he would walk up and before the game and say, there's no bunting. You don't, you're not going to bunt today. You know, things like that. <laughs> really? It's like, my goodness, you know, it, it, things that you don't see today. You know, it, it was a different game back then. And, and uh, so, you know, I think I think he's probably one of the best for me. All right, let's get back to the lightning round. Uh, the key to silencing your nerves for a big at bat: uh, taking a deep breath. These cans are so good. I like. I want to. I want to ask. But I'll, I'll, I'll let that one go. That's great. If you could play with any Major League Baseball All Star, alive or dead, who would it be? Babe Ruth. Why? Um, so I have a I have a I have a little card that I have in my wallet, and it says, uh, "Don't don't be afraid of striking out." Babe Ruth simultaneously led Major League Baseball in strikeouts and home runs. So, uh, you know, that, that's just a little message to me saying, you know, don't be afraid to to be aggressive. Don't be afraid to swing for the fences. You may strike out, but you, you you also have a chance of hitting a home run. So I think that's uh, you know that that's a cool little message Dude, that I keep that with me. That is powerful. That's why you're a great guest on the Aggressive Life. That, that's the whole point of this podcast, boys and girls. That's the whole point of this podcast. Everybody is convincing us to play it safe. Safety is rule number one. No, safety is not rule number one. Be safe. But if safety is rule number one for you, you're not going to hit anything. Hey, if you want to be safe, never step in the batter's box. Yeah. We, don't, we don't remember Babe Ruth for all the mistakes he made. We remember from the home yeah, run. Yeah, exactly. Hey, folks. Exactly. Hey, folks, you won't be remembered for the mistakes that you make. 
There's some mistakes that are awful. Having an adulterous affair, that's an awful one. I mean, those, those are going those are, those are to sting big, 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 big. But holistically, our life is going to be defined by the big cuts that we take, not the many failures that we have. That, that's great. Right, right. Adam, you're a, you're a good man. It's, it's been just great spending a little time with you today. Any final info you want to give us on you in terms of what if someone wants to follow up with you or they want to watch what's going on? This is your time to, to give us an advertisement for yourself or any of your social media feeds or books you got coming or anything like that. Uh, no books. Uh, no books coming in the near future. Uh, I'm actually off of social media for the time being. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to help out with diabetes, JDRF, uh, you know, I work with JDRF, uh, some, and, and, um, you know, if you wanted to, to help donate to a cause, you can go to their, their website, JDRF.org and, uh, you know, just spread the message and, and, you know, be able to help out with diabetes. So, Adam, we've learned a lot from you today. A lot, not not just in interesting insider things that are in baseball, but just a lot about how to how to deal with punches and how to deal with stuff that you don't want, whether it's medical diagnoses or career change or changes in you know your your employment and just just a lot, man. So. I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. And thanks for building into the Aggressive Life community. Well, I appreciate you having me. All right, boys and girls, there you have it. Our first Major League Baseball player. Maybe not our last, and maybe not our last time with Adam Duvall. Because you heard it here. You heard it here. If he's on again, he's going to have a chew. We're going to break him in. The preacher is going to teach the baseball player how to chew. So until then... Learn from Adam. Take some swings. Go swing for the fences. Come on, you only have one life. You only have one life. Make it count. Honor God with your best. Make the aggressive move. This has been The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band Judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.